0: He's, like, he's just a complete brickhead. Uh, Brady Kachunk.
1: Thomas is my best
0: friend. I got a lot of good-looking dudes on my team.
1: Mm-hmm. You just got a new. I got that.
0: Got We'll see.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode Tim Strzeda of Elite sun's Brain. As always, my name is Bianna, and I am joined by my wonderful friend, Twitter user at Erickson's burner How's it going? I'm doing well, how are you? I am doing so well. It's been a very exciting last two weeks since we last recorded, because preseason has started. The Sens are actually playing games, kind of. There's stuff to talk about, pretty fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been nice to finally like have something to follow, because I think everyone was going stir-crazy a little bit. Like, we were seeing too many takes. More than a
1: little bit, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not, also, this is to say, if you're listening, your takes were good. I liked yours. It's everyone true. else's yeah. that were
1: bad. Yeah, so true. Um. So the first big thing that happens that, you know, this could have happened earlier in the summer to give us things to talk about. It's kind of annoying that they waited until right before the season started. But since our last episode, Michael Lauer has been confirmed as the owner of the Ottawa Senators. And the big news is that he's normal. He's just a normal
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. I saw like on Twitter, everyone posting about the press conference. And I said, I was like, I missed the press conference because I figured only normal things would happen. And I was like, I'm not going to miss much, which is the biggest compliment ever. He re- He's regular.
1: It's so nice. I mean, I feel like the most exciting things were one, Alfie just being there. He didn't do anything. He just kind of sat there. And, and was present at the press conference. And the second thing was uh, Pierre Dorion just like chugging that champagne.
0: <laughs> I did see like uh like stills of that moment. And I was like, he is so iconic for that. He gives such like wine and energy. I think <laughs> like, that's so fitting.
1: <laughs> kind of, yeah. So that was fun. Uh, he also and Lauer I mean, made a funny joke about thanking his kids for letting Mm -hmm. him use their inheritance. I thought that was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. I also, oh, I remember after uh, people were like, I guess they asked him about it or something, like, oh, you didn't really have celebrities and stuff. And he was like, I had Alfie, who is the biggest Ottawa celebrity of all time. And that's the truth.
1: So true. I mean, personally, during that press conference, I was thinking, like, imagine if it was Snoop Dogg doing (laughs) this like I still think about this
0: yeah it would have been so fun but it's like if we could only have one celebrity I would pick Alfie Snoop Dogg is a close second but he he's not quite there
1: yeah that's understandable I hope that one day Snoop Dogg will be like a minority owner or something he'll just join the group I I would love to have Snoop Dogg in the fold Mm -hmm. I still haven't quite given up on that dream but I'm happy with how things have worked out
0: yeah everyone moved on but we stayed there that's a Taylor Swift reference for those who caught it but yeah Snoop Dogg would have been fun I miss yeah. him every day I know, same I mean I guess Ryan Reynolds too but like that's less exciting to be honest yeah Ryan Reynolds is like Ryan Reynolds we would have had to like share him now because of like the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing which is unrelated to anything we're going to talk about but like that's crazy. Imagine we had like a, whatever, football podcast. Oh my God, this would have been yeah. a crazy week. It, it really would have been. Um, I personally, on that
1: topic, I'm just, I'm really, really hoping that Taylor Swift, that, like Taylor Swift getting Swifties into football somehow turns into Swifties taking down Barstool. Like, yeah. guys, guys, if you're listening to this and you have a Swiftie in your life who is discovering football because of taylor swift please tell them about barstool i truly believe that swifties are the only group that is powerful enough to take down barstool
0: yeah and like i think i think we both saw but like barstool like some podcasts did like a very misogynistic thing like they just like did like a full like two minutes of like misogyny towards taylor swift Mm -hmm. and it's like swifties have you seen? Have you heard? Like, go. I, saw, I yeah. saw a
1: misogynistic tweet from someone from Barstool and people were calling attention to it, but I think it was people on sports Twitter, and it's like, we, we need to get the word out. We need the Swifties to understand. Like, do you like do you understand how much good Taylor Swift could do in the world if she just tweeted out, fuck you at stool president or whatever his username is? Like, she could take him down.
0: I truly believe this the other thing is that like she's not hesitant to do that sometimes like if it's specifically about her like like no offense to her but like kind of but it's like like when like a netflix show was like misogynistic towards her she like tweeted about it when like a guy who i think is a famous musician but i don't know him was like she she doesn't write her own songs she tweeted about it like taylor swift barstool is being misogynistic towards you like how will you respond exactly like don't don't
1: cower in fear everyone else is afraid to take on barstool but like taylor swift i believe it i believe you can do this please for the good of
0: the entire sports world literally the only issue is that like she definitely does not know they exist like they are not on her radar i know but like
1: hopefully hopefully eventually swifties catch on to this and mm-hmm. maybe it reaches taylor swift maybe it doesn't and it's just a fandom controversy but like i'm i'm just hoping that this one good thing can come of so many swifties well, i mean obviously many good things would come of many swifties getting into sports but like especially this
0: mm-hmm. it would be so good like because also this is such a tangent like this is not what we're talking about but like basically the one last thing on swifties is that like i think that there's like They can't take down anyone, like, outside of the internet, essentially, because it's, like, if you have, like, like, relevance and stuff, like, not on the internet, then, like, Swifties are powerless because, like, they do all their work on Twitter, basically. But it's, like, it, like, Barstool is online enough where it's, like, like, obviously they, like, do other stuff, I guess. I don't really know what, I don't know what they do, but whatever, you know? It's, like, they're online enough where it's, like, that is, like, the Swifties, like that's their wheelhouse like they can do something about that yeah exactly like that's their turf (laughs) so true Is the internet
1: (laughs) I believe in them I'm hoping this happens um please nobody clip this and send it to Barstool I I trust all of our listeners that they will not get us in trouble I've already had my run-ins with that website um
0: yeah like I don't know don't do that because we don't know actually this is the thing if barstool comes after us we will count on all you guys you are our swifties you are our army to protect and attack
1: exactly so make sure this reaches the swifties and nobody else please (laughs) exactly anyway that was (laughs) attention yeah sorry that was not in our episode plan but like you know taylor swift and sports we need to talk about it yeah, it's relevant always, so. Exactly. So um. Anyway, so preseason started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many Have you been
0: watching preseason games? I watched, I think, both games against the Leafs. And then I think I missed the one against the Habs. And I also missed the one against the Penguins. So when I watch, there's a 100% chance of them winning. <laughs> and when I don't watch, there's a 50% chance of them winning. So if we apply this to an 82 game season, I think we're good. I'll just watch That's every really game. That's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure
1: that you watch every game. You know, you can miss a few if you want, but like mm-hmm. I I think that the Suns have a good chance if you watch all of them. Um yeah, I've been watching a few. Mostly I've been like watching with the game on the background mm-hmm. because like it's only preseason. There you could only get so excited. Like, I'm sorry guys. Not to judge people, but like if you are out there getting really angry about preseason and like extremely excited about these games, like you need to log off just a little
0: bit. You maybe should find some other hobbies. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, I will say, if you're, like, really mad about preseason decisions, I'm like, you, like, it's fine, don't worry about it. But if you want to, like, dunk on especially Leafs and Habs fans, well, I guess not Habs fans because we lost that game, but, like, Leafs fans for, like, beating them, like, m- yes, like, do that. Because also, there was, like, kind of a thing on Sens Twitter, or, like, it was, a like, a person on Leafs Twitter tweeted, like, I can't believe the Sens are icing their first line for a preseason game against the Leafs. And then the Leafs did that the very next game, and then everyone dunked on her, and because the Sens also won, so it was like extra dunking. So like that's fun. Like that's true. Yeah, if the
1: Sens do well, you can draw conclusions about it and conclude that the Sens are good. Um, and yeah, if the Sens beat teams that you dislike, you can talk
0: shit. Just yeah, don't don't get angry about preseason. So early. yeah, you don't have to get mad about anything like it's all chill like if they lose it's because they're saving their energy if they win it's to show dominance over all the other teams like they win it's just for fun you know exactly that's the thing also like some Leafs fans were being like wow like since Twitter taking a victory lap after two preseason wins it's like yeah like because it's fun to win try it like I don't know or like Penguins fans
1: mad that the Sens <laughs> actually tried in the game because they were like, "Oh, it's Sidney Crosby's homecoming and everything." Like everyone in Nova Scotia likes the Penguins. The Sens should have just given them that win. And it's like, "Fuck you!" No, they didn't yeah, have to. They,
0: maybe they just thought it was fun to win. Yeah. Also, like, whatever. It's like Igor Sokolov's homecoming too. Like, why do you get? T- why do you get to claim Halifax as like? your turf just because you have Sidney Crosby. Exactly. And he's from Cole Harbor, right?
1: That's that's like it's technically in the Halifax Regional Municipality. It's a little out of the way.
0: Like Yeah. It's not downtown Halifax. Yeah, so Sidney Crosby is fake from Halifax and he's lying to you all, number one. Number two, he can't even score a goal for the so-called hometown crowd. Does he hate his fans? Probably. Probably, and so do I. To be
1: honest, like, well, we'll get to this later um, in the episode. But I, I did briefly live in Halifax uh, for a few years, a few years ago, and the the amount of Pen- penguins fans, truly like horrifying and
0: pathetic. And I hope they all cried. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's like, I think, I think like Jay Fresh. Hockey tweeted about this, but it's like the Sens games are the ones that are broadcasted in that region, right? Because it's Mm like, I guess, but so it's technically the Sens, it's a Sens home game. So it's like, why are you even caring about the Penguins if you're from Halifax? If you are listening to this and you're from
1: Halifax and you cheer for the Penguins, you're a loser.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because, like, I don't know. It's like me being like, "Oh, I have to cheer for my hometown boy like Cody Cece, So now I'm an Oilers <laughs> fan. Like that's what you sound like right
1: now. You're all clearly just bandwagon fans. Like how long has Sidney Crosby been in the league? Like, come on, guys. You just you just switch allegiances based on which local boy is in the NHL right now. Yeah, embarrassing. Also, so embarrassing. You yeah. should all be
0: Sens fans. Mhm. Cuz clearly you're like the Sens care about giving you a fun show the Penguins can't even score a goal
1: because to be clear okay Penguins fans and Halifax all losers however also there are a whole lot of Leafs fans in Halifax they are also losers and the Habs fans even more so all losers if you cheer for one of those three teams I am judging you
0: yeah that's extended not even just Halifax anywhere <laughs> in the world If you're in Pittsburgh and you don't cheer for the Sens, you're a loser.
1: Exactly. Um, Have I ever said on this podcast how um, back in 2021, when the Habs were in the finals, the bars in Halifax, like, opened up for the first time since COVID, right? Specifically to help people cheer on Canada's team. And I showed up and I cheered against the Habs. (laughs) Like, that was, I set out to go to those bars. I was like, I'm going to have a fun night cheering against the Habs. And I
0: did, in fact, have a great time. That sounds amazing. So, yeah, that, like, you have so much more fun being a hater. Unless you're a hater of the Sens.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine it's
0: fun to be a Sens hater. No, because they keep winning and they yeah. keep being awesome. How annoying to see a team you hate being so good. That's why Leafs fans are so bitter all the time. Habs fans, too. yeah. Everyone just hates to see the Celtics win because they hate. I was going to say women. There's no women on the side. Like, <laughs> you guys get what I mean.
1: They just hate to see people having fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so yeah, as we said, preseason is happening, and uh, one exciting thing about preseason um, is that the the iconic defense pairing known as seven eight is is together mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. They are on the ice playing as defense partners. What what have, you, what have you thought of them so far?
0: Um, again, I have not seen all the games they played together because did they play together against the penguins too? They did. Okay, so I didn't watch that one. But when I was watching, they were awesome. I watched the one where Chicken scored like two goals or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, this is That's the greatest pairing yeah, in the history the of the world.
1: It's true. They're, they're a little bit chaotic at times, but that just makes it fun. And overall, like, yeah, they're giving up a lot of chances against, but they create more chances than they give up anyway. So, like, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, as long as they just score one more goal than they let in, like, when they're on the ice, mm-hmm. then the math will even out and we win every game.
1: Exactly. And you know what? The goaltending has been really good in preseason. Mm -hmm. So basically the Suns are winning the cup.
0: Yeah. Also, like, it's just so fun because, like, I think that they're just having a fun time out there. Like, they love each Mm -hmm. other so much. Like, they all offense, just vibes. No defense. It's incredible. (laughs) they're just playing they're just really everyone's playing a game but like they are really just out there playing a game you know what I mean
1: like they're just having fun they're just hanging out you know and people were mad because that one game against the Leafs they played 30 minutes but like maybe they wanted to maybe they were just
0: having so much fun they can't get enough of each other they're like send us out like let's play some more it's like to build chemistry you're just having fun you know what I mean yeah i do think it was like kind of
1: funny of them to like announce in the spring like before the off season has even fully started that they're going to be a pairing like be so excited about this and then hit the ice and like have just no communication skills or idea where the other one is on the ice that one that was pretty iconic of them but they seem to have worked on that i i think they're much
0: more cohesive now and the 30 minutes in a game worked Mm -hmm. that's even better that they just like they just, like, thought that they would have, like, te- like telepathy or something. So they were like, we don't have to, like, do anything. Like, we'll know. And it's like, it just took a few t- tries for, like, the telepathy to kick in. But they do have it. I believe it. Do you think they will get a matching 7-8 tattoo when that is the pairing to lead the Sens to the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right to me. <laughs> I believe it. Also, yeah, wait, did we talk about how, like, Jacob Chicken cut his hair? When was that? Oh, yeah, that was
1: during the summer. That was awful. That was horrifying, I think.
0: Yeah. And then also, I saw on Twitter a screenshot of him eating, like, uh, vegetables and, like, not raw meat. And I was like, okay, like, who's he? Yeah. I mean, he actually cooked his beef for once. That's
1: pretty cool. I know like he still eats a lot of vegetables. It's just the uh, the carbs that he
0: doesn't eat. Oh, no carbs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like, okay. I think I got confused because like the carnivore diet is a thing that I mm-hmm. would see on TikTok a lot and that's just like meat only. So I thought that's what he was on, but I guess he was just doing the like the raw everything, including vegetables trend. But yeah, I think he is cooking his meat so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah but yeah about the the hair that's really tragic i know we're very late to this but truly i remember when he first got traded to the Sens, and everyone on twitter was like he's so hot and i Mm -hmm. went through his instagram and my my thinking was i don't see it with the short hair like he is not attractive to me with short hair but with long hair yes he is attractive
0: and now he cut his hair it's because I don't even know why it helped maybe it helps him focus more he's just like no distractions So why he, i don't know but like i think i don't even know why he did that like i'm trying to even come up with justification he was just maybe he's
1: trying to copy eric carlson because mm-hmm. carlson has this thing where every time he cuts his hair he levels up he becomes more powerful and so maybe Chickering is like, does this apply to all offensive-minded defensemen with a connection to the Ottawa Senators?
0: Or maybe it's like, I don't know if I've referenced this on the podcast before. Do you know that thing where it's like, is again a Taylor Swift reference where that person was like, uh, he lets her bejeweled. I think maybe he wanted Thomas Shabbat to have the best hair on the pairing, so he was like, oh, I must let him yeah. bejeweled. It
1: was it was a selfless choice.
0: Yeah. We thank you for your service, Jacob Chikrin.
1: Yeah, he's letting Shabbat have the the better score in the hotness ranking this year. How kind of him. Um, so, you know who has... I, I don't have a good segue for this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We should have organized this better. We were talking earlier about people talking shit about SEMS. You know mm-hmm. who has been talking a lot of shit
0: recently? I know, but do you want to announce it? Do you want to announce who we're beefing with? Yeah, this is a call-out.
1: The Steve Dangle podcast has been beefing with
0: a 21-year-old. Okay, yeah. I think, first of all, let's talk about the dynamics of that. All the Steve Dangle podcast members are um like in their how old are they like in their 30s 40 I don't know how old they are (laughs) we'll look up them too but it's like they're all older Steve is 35 okay Steve Dangle is 35 years old Tim Stutza is 21 years old I think that that is a problematic age gap to be engaging in beef like I know that they're not like age gap discourse is traditionally relationships but it's like let's do age gap discourse about like just being mean to like like young players that's really mean and really bad oh wait do we want to explain what he's doing like what they're saying
1: yeah that might be a good idea yeah, so <laughs> we just went right into it. I mean no we have to set things up first and I think you raise a very important point that people should be t- should consider should be talking about which is the age gap um however yes would you like to explain what exactly yeah. they're beefing with Tim Stutzler over <laughs>
0: basically I can't remember I guess I don't think we discussed this on the podcast because I think it came out after we last recorded but basically Tim Stutzla, uh was it the I think it was the athletic I think Ian Mendez wrote a piece about him and it was like he kind of was talking about different aspects of stuff and he was saying how like um he took less when he took his like eight-year-long contract he makes like 830, like 8 mil, like 0.35 or something. And he was like, Yeah, I took less because, like, I think it's hard to win when guys make too much because of the salary cap. Um, like, everyone in our core is making, like, around 8 million or less. So it's like that it makes it easier. And Leaf's Twitter was like, Okay, first of all, Sen's Twitter took this also as, like, him roasting the Leafs and I was like that's hilarious." he did say some things about you see some teams have players
1: making over 10 million um which is very iconic
0: of him yeah like that's funny like all of Sense Twitter was like that's so funny like get Mitch Marner's ass and it was hilarious but then Leafs Twitter was like why is he talking about Mitch Marner like that and it's like why do you assume he's talking about Mitch Marner like how obsessed like not everything's about you
1: so yeah, Steve Dangle and friends have been mad because they're essentially saying that he is he is anti-worker. He's <laughs> um <laughs> like uh, he's trying to pressure other players into taking less uh, stuff like that, and also have just been making fun of him for this by constantly every time they hear about the Suns cap issues, they're like, well, Timbers should have taken even less money. Well. First of all, I just want to say Tim Stutzler's ability to make people mad is unparalleled. And I am so, so, so proud of him.
0: But second of all, they're just, they're wrong. Yeah. Also, okay. If I was a Leafs fan, I don't know if any of them have said this yet, but you should then say... They don't listen, so I can say this. It'd be funny if they were, like, Tim Stutzla as a union buster. I think that'd be a funny bit if you run with that. But They did call him a scab. Oh, okay. That's not funny. They shouldn't have said that. That's very rude. <laughs> if... It's only funny if I hypothetically say what I would say if I hated Tim Stutzla. It's not funny when people actually say it. Um, okay, here's the thing. I think like, whatever, like, I, okay, obviously, if we're talking about it in the context of, like, workers' rights and stuff, then, like, we can talk about it more seriously, but, like, we're not gonna do that, let's talk about it in the sense of him just being a funny hater, like, yeah, that is funny, get Mitch Marner's ass, get, like, whoever else, like, John Tavares's ass, why do they make so much, that's so funny, and also, I think that it's, it's actually so funny how, like, because on the ice, I know he's, like, a, like a piece of shit type thing Tim Stutzle is where it's like he's so annoying where it's like I get why people hate him because he's also just so good and he complains so much and it's hilarious but often he's only ever trying like especially in those interviews I think he's just trying to be like a nice guy and it still pisses people off
1: Uh, let's talk about the xenophobia involved in taking a player taking the words of a player who is speaking his second language and like ripping into him for
0: saying things badly excuse me yeah I will also say I think people in the GTA have xenophobia bias against Ontario people who don't live in the GTA I think They think that they are beneath them. And I think that plays a part in this. You're
1: right. And also, like, how is Tim the anti-worker when him taking less money means that his teammates get to make more money? If anything, Mitch Marner is anti-worker because thanks to his $10 million salary, everyone on the Leafs has to make league minimum.
0: Yeah, and probably it means that, like, One less person got a job because one less person can make $750,000, which is league men, because they're like, oh, we don't have the money. If Mitch, if everyone took league men, then ignore the fact that there's like a cap to the number of contracts you can sign. There would be so many more jobs available. (laughs) And that's the most pro worker thing of all. It's really
1: important that you speak up about this. Also, Tim Strissa is making excellent points by pointing out that he doesn't need more than $8 million a year. I think a lot of retired hockey players who have podcasts could listen to that kind of thing and gain some perspective on how much money they made during their careers. And I think that a lot of the world's millionaires could also hear that and think about, how much money they're making and how maybe they don't need to make any more
0: money mm-hmm. because actually if you think about it tim is saying like i don't need more than eight million dollars right of course he's a worker so like he should earn mm-hmm. like what he's worth but we could extend that to him being like well no one needs more than eight million and therefore no one needs a billion and therefore billionaires shouldn't exist and we should tax them out of existence i think that's the point he was trying to make i think he was making a point about like the gross amounts of like wealth disparity that we see in the world so interesting that Steve Dangle thinks that billionaires should exist (laughs) you make such good points thank you so much I'm just really all I'm doing is reading between the lines of what Tim Stutzel was obviously trying to say but the oppressive system of hockey does not let him speak so plainly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm because of course of course like oh you look at who employs him a billionaire right so like he can't speak like he can't say this but we know what he's trying to say
1: well we know that when he says 8 million dollars a year is more than enough to live off of he wants us to think about Michael Landlauer and how how much more than 8 million he makes every year mm
0: mm-hmm. it's like that's literally what he's saying so I just think it's so interesting that we finally have a hockey player like standing up to the billionaire class and then we have like podcasters be like, uh, he should shut up. Also, let's not discount the fact that he's an immigrant in this country. So, <laughs> so Steve Dangle and friends, please consider all our points as Tim Stutz's official rebuttal. We know that he supports everything we've said here this is the
1: last thing we will say on the matter (laughs) um so yeah we just needed to to get that out of the way our little our little rebuttal um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if they want an official document where we lay out all of our points actually i i I lied when i said this is the last we'll talk about it we are willing to debate this podcast on this matter i i would be more than happy
0: to write up a full (laughs) rebuttal to all of their points (laughs) <laughs> point by point, we will debate you live.
1: Um, so, yeah, that was our our rebuttal to the Steve Dangle podcast. Feel free to to respond to this. Uh, we hope they take our points into consideration. Uh, with that being said, we need to move on to the news that shook Sense Twitter yesterday. We are recording this on Tuesday, and yesterday the sense fandom had a little bit of a meltdown, um, and I think we should talk about this. Uh, It was caused by Mr. Lassie Thompson being claimed off waivers by the Anaheim Ducks.
0: Yeah, which, okay, I understand that Lassie Thompson was a first or second round pick. I can't remember. First round pick. Okay, yeah. So obviously that is like, poor asset management but it's poor asset management from like years ago I don't think it's poor asset management anymore because it's like I don't think Lassie Thompson at this point is a full-time NHLer so it's like he might he like he can't be on the roster so it's like I wish they had drafted someone who was a full-time NHLer and then they were on the roster but it's like losing him at this point it's like you're kind of getting upset about something From years ago, maybe, I think. The other thing, though, is that, like, this was another team who, like, had a player that they drafted in the first round and then waived, and then the sense Mm named him, like, he's the greatest player of all time and will lead us to the cup. So that's my take on the subject. True.
1: And yeah, it also got worse when Jacob Bernard Docker was also waived. As of the recording of this podcast, he hasn't been claimed yet. We don't know if he cleared or not, so... When you're listening to this, you'll know what the outcome of that is. But my theory about this is I just think that after so many years of the defense being so bad, since Twitter has really like, well, since fandom at large, not just people on Twitter, um, we've really fallen into this pattern where we get very, very attached to like players who look like they might turn into NHLers after like their first NHL game. And especially if those players are not being given a fair shot, we just get very, very intense about advocating for them to get a fair shot. And we have, we have a lot of these types of meltdowns when those (laughs) players eventually leave the team and just fade into obscurity. Like I feel like whenever we get really excited about one of those prospects, there are three outcomes that can happen. One is the like you know thomas shabbat jake sanderson route where they make the nhl and they're good and it's like cool awesome and the other is the cody cc jared cowan situation where they do get a fair shot at the nhl and we gradually have to come to terms with the fact that they suck and then turn on them eventually but there's this third route that happens all the time. This was what happened with Patrick Weirkosh, Freddie Clayson, and now Lassie Thompson, Jacob Bernard Docker, where like the player never gets a fair shot. And so we just get so mad about how they're not getting a fair shot. And then even after, they are, like, in the AHL for five years. They're, they're the seventh defenseman on some random-ass team. We're still there, like, if they had just been given a shot. Like, I, I still think about how different Freddie Clayson's career could have been if he had just played next to Eric Carlson. I still have this thought all the time, no matter how long it's been. And I feel like
0: we need to let go of that. That makes sense. Yeah, I think because obviously you have been on sense for longer so like I have not observed the phenomenon but I've heard whispers I've seen it I've seen references but like I think that it's very much just like a sunk cost fallacy thing where it's Mm -hmm. like you just gotta let it go now I will say though Thomas Shabbat is losing his children like he like these are his baby defensemen so if anyone is going to be upset I think it should be him but like you guys don't have you guys don't have to stress about it. I don't think. Only Thomas yeah. Shabbat has to like this is his cross to bear.
1: Yeah, and I'm really interested interested to see how he manages that because that's got to be a huge blow, you know, to see his children that he that he raised that he trains to be NHL defensemen. I I give him all the credit for all of the progress they made. I don't think the coaches had anything to do with it. Of course, the coaches were the reason that they did turn into full-time NHLers. Yeah. Shabbat was the reason that they learned how to play hockey. And to see them
0: not make the NHL, like, mm-hmm. man. Shabbat like, bought them their first pair of skates, and also mm-hmm. when they win the Cup, because after the Sens win the Cup for 10 years, then all the defensemen that got picked up off waivers will start winning the Cup. They will bring Thomas Shabbat out and hand him hand it to him. Like They'll be like, mm-hmm. we need to do this, and Pass it to him because he will be an honorary cup winner after having won ten Stanley Cups in a row.
1: Yeah, and when he wins those ten Stanley Cups in a row, he will put each baby defenseman in the cup uh, <laughs> as, as his child, you know, one at a time. Yeah, yeah. At least um, one of his sons, uh, Max Halskelet, is is still with the team, so mm-hmm. hopefully that works out.
0: Yeah, and then like everyone is kind of being like. All these guys are better than travis hammenick and like to be honest like all the guys waved i don't think they are and it like like i also know that travis hammenick has a no move clause so like mm-hmm. yeah but it's like i wonder if it's just the phenomenon of they're younger than travis hammenick so you're like they're better
1: yeah and like travis hammenick to be clear is not good I don't think he's so bad that he's, like, a negative value player, like, should not be on an NHL roster at all. I'm willing to give him a shot on, like, a third pairing. I don't think he's sights up level, you know? Mm-hmm. However, he did also spend the last season next to Jake Sanderson. So who knows what's going to happen now that that pairing is separated. But so far, his pairing with Branstrom has been fine.
0: Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I also, like, I really like Lassie Thompson. I really like Jacob Bernard-Docker. I even really like Jacob Larson, who's lost in this. I like him too. But it's like, I think that it's not that big a deal. And it's funny because people not on, like, Sens Twitter, like, fans of other teams are also talking about, it, like, this is, a, like, a massive deal, and it's because they were picked so high. But it's like, I think that they're forgetting that the Sens are not that good at drafting sometimes <laughs> so it's like these guys probably could have gone later like it's not I like to
1: think it's because Sens fans hyped up those guys <laughs> yeah. so much for so long that everyone is like wait I thought that guy was like a sure thing top mm-hmm. four
0: defenseman that's so real because I also think for like a while there it was very much like it's okay that the Sens defense is bad because we have Jacob Bernard Docker and Lassie Thompson coming mm-hmm. And that, that's
1: literally what I said after they traded for Debrinket and signed Juhu and didn't upgrade the defense. I was like, well, all their top prospects are defensemen. So they'll, they might have an internal solution. And a lot of people were saying, oh, it's fine. Like I, I wasn't quite at the level of like, their defense is definitely fine. I was just like, they might have an internal solution on defense. We need another year to see. And the answer was no. Uh, so. mm-hmm.
0: And then also like, this has just brought up a bunch of other stuff. They're like, Ben Roger is like, first of all, I literally have no idea who that is. I know he was drafted, but it's like, people are like, yeah, and you remember how they didn't even sign Ben Roger? And it's like, okay, the moment they drafted Ben Roger, we knew that it was not gonna happen. Like, we don't have to still be upset about it. This is the thing. Everyone gets upset on draft day. And then years later, they make themselves upset again. And it's like, you got all your being upset out of your system on draft day. You don't have to do it again. The
1: day the Sens trade Tyler Boucher, people are going to be like, how could they trade a former first-round pick? Like, you knew this guy never had the value of a first-round pick at any point in his career.
0: Like, it's like... If anything, take a victory lap. If anything, be like, "I was right all along." So it's like you don't have to be upset about it. It's okay. It's okay. The Suns are
1: still gonna win the cup. Their defense is good. It's fine. Thomas Hamara will
0: yeah will save us. He's our defense prospect now. Yeah, don't worry. We have Thomas Hamara coming up. He's gonna fix all our problems. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Is like there's not even that many problems anymore. It's, like, they're pretty, like, it's good, I think.
1: Yeah, it's a solid roster. Yeah. What are we going to complain about? Exactly. Um, I found one thing that we could complain about, though. <laughs> um, and that is, uh, what, what's happening with Josh Norris's shoulder?
0: Yeah, it's, like, he had surgery, and then they're, like, he's fixed. And then, apparently, he got slightly bumped in, like, practice or something, and they're, like, Code red! It's all <laughs> coming apart. <laughs> like, I love the implication that like he's fine as long as no one touches him. <laughs> I love that the
1: sense like when he missed the first preseason game. DJ Smith, first of all. I forget who it was, it might have been DJ Smith, Um, he was asked, like, is it related to the shoulder? And he was like, yes and no, which is such a, like, confusing answer. And then afterwards, he said, like, oh, if this was an actual game that mattered, we would put him in for sure, but because it's preseason, we won't. And it's like, that's actually not reassuring. Like, yeah. I don't like to think that he's... Like, he's wearing a non-contact jersey in practice, and you're like, but if the games mattered, we would have him in game action.
0: Yeah, it's also like, as if, like, we don't hear after every, like, in every offseason, like, oh, this guy was playing on a broken leg. And it's like, okay, so it could just be broken. And also, it's funny because they were like, why is he in a, like, non-contact jersey? And it's like, well, because, you know, like, a lot of guys are, like, uh, trying to make the team, so they're, like, hit hard. And it's like, oh yeah, something that famously doesn't happen in actual NHL games <laughs> Like it only happens
1: in practice. I like to think that they do that just because of the Patrick Seeloff incident. Um, do you remember this? No. Oh, I gotta tell this story because it was like I was there in person. It was traumatic. But um years ago, Clark MacArthur um, mm. if you'll remember, had a lot of really, really serious concussion issues. Like very nearly ended his career and, you know, was really struggling to just, like, continue playing hockey. And I think it might have been, like, 2016-17 or something. Um, At FanFest, which I was there for, there was a fun little scrimmage between, you know, members of the team and a prospect called Patrick Seeloff just, like, slammed him into the boards, hit him in the head, and he was, like, down on the ice, like, passed out. And everyone in the crowd around me was, like, what's going on who is it i can't tell and i remember the moment i saw the replay and i realized it was macarthur and like my heart stopped like i will never forget that moment of realization that it was macarthur who was down uh so anyways i like to think that like after that happens the are like we can't take any any risks that was a fun little tangent around like one of my worst hockey related memories
0: yeah oh my god i think like that's the thing is it's like, obviously, it's good to not play guys if there's risk, right? Yeah. But it's just like, the implication is like, he then he like, like Josh Norris, then should he be playing then like when the season starts? Like, I don't know.
1: They keep saying, it's... oh, we're just giving you out of an abundance of caution. Like, how many times have you said that phrase? And
0: like, it did not work. I also think they literally said that last season. And then when they, he came back after, like, rehabbing it for, like, two months or whatever, and then immediately, like, injured it again, they were like, uh, okay, that was, like, we kept him out for, like, however long, out of an abundance of caution. And it's, like, obviously not. Like, it was obviously, like, a regular amount of caution. Because
1: his shoulder was all taped up with the locker yeah, room. Like
0: I saw, everyone saw the tape. And I said on this podcast, or on, in a tweet, I can't remember, but I was like, it's, like, that green ribbon story where like the girl's head is being kept on with a green ribbon and that's literally what happened and it's like I just want him to be okay because it's like he means so much to me I don't want his shoulder
1: to be injured anymore I know maybe the non-contact jersey was to keep him from hugging his teammates because that would just like mess up his shoulder but like when do you hug your teammates the most often in games, when you score goals, mm-hmm. as Josh Norris
0: does. Yeah, I still think, I'm just going to say he's going to be okay, because, like, may as well just think that it, he will be, and then if you're proven wrong, then at least, like, that, like, you didn't worry about it. <laughs> like, if you worry, you suffer twice type thing. That's a good philosophy, I think.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. So, sending healing vibes to uh, Josh Norris <laughs> yeah. his shoulder. Um yeah, and so one of the games that Josh Norris missed was the um, the game against Pittsburgh, and people which was which happened in Nova Scotia, uh, very exciting thing. Well, okay, the game against Pittsburgh was specifically in Halifax. The Suns were in Nova Scotia for like two games. Uh, very exciting. I love it when they like you know do the, the craft hockey bill stuff in the uh, preseason where they have games on neutral sites and stuff. But people were wondering um, why Josh Norris, like, did the whole trip with the team and then suddenly couldn't play. Like, it was so suspicious. Anyways, I had my own theory about why Josh Norris missed the game. Do you want
0: to read out this tweet of mine that I'm really proud of? I love it so much. Hold on. Let me pull it up. The tweet, which is a genius tweet. Everyone go like it and retweet it. Wait, I'm going to retweet it right now. Uh, (laughs) Wow. If you're following me on Twitter, you just you saw that in real time and you'll listen back and see it happen. Okay. Josh Norris isn't injured. The team's schedule just didn't give him enough time to walk around the city. And he really wanted a t-shirt from cows. Would you like to explain what cows is for anyone who might not know?
1: Yes. So as I said at the beginning of this podcast, um, I did used to live in Halifax. That's where I did my undergraduate degree. I miss it very much. I love Halifax. It's such a great city. And cows is this ice cream shop-like chain um, that's mostly based in PEI, in Prince Edward Island. So people who go to PEI for vacation, like, you know, you know which place I'm talking about. Amazing ice cream, by the way. Truly some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. But they have, like, one shop and one, like, kiosk in Halifax and a few little shops around the country as well. So they're known for great ice cream, of course, but also specifically for these t-shirts that they sell. Which are all, like, they're mostly, like, logos or pop culture references, but with, like, cow puns. And it was always, like, as a kid, you could tell that someone had gone to PEI on vacation over the summer because they would come back with their, like, cow's t-shirt. It's very recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, like, you'd get the PEI dirt shirt and then the cow's t-shirt. Those are, like, the two things that you would come back with if you went to PEI on vacation. So, yeah, I, I thought that Josh Norris seemed like the the kind of guy who would go to the Maritimes and be like, I need one of these t-shirts. And somebody saw that tweet that I posted and replied, what cow's t-shirt would Josh get? So that's from Dan at DSTJ12. And I thought, why stop there? We should talk about which cow's t-shirts all the sense players that we could think of off the top of our heads, (laughs) Um, maybe a few of the sense players would get starting with Josh Norris, which one would you, do you think Josh Norris would want to buy?
0: Okay. I think I don't, we talked about this before we started recording and I don't know what I said now, but uh, then, but now I'm on the website. Okay. I think that, For context. I will give context about myself. I love Super Mario Bros. That is a piece of lore that I've not revealed yet anywhere, but I do love Super Mario Bros. And because I think that, like, Josh Norris is, like, my buddy, like, parasocially, he would also love Super Mario Bros. He just gives me those vibes. So because of that, I think he would get Mario Bros, which is Mario Bros with a cow as Mario. (laughs)
1: I like that idea. My idea was, like, if I were shopping for Josh Norris, I would buy him this one that is, like... So it's themed around the eras tour. If you've seen, like, the the merch for it or, like, the logo, it's, like, Taylor Swift and then little pictures of her and her different eras, and it says Taylor Swift, the eras tour, right? But this version from Cows, all of the pictures of Taylor are a cow um, in the style of, like, the different eras, and it says, Hayler Swift, the era's farm tour. And I think Josh Norris as a Swifty, would enjoy that one.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. I also want that shirt so bad. I like want to go to PEI just to get it. <laughs> like They I also have, so what was the
1: fearless one? They have a fearless oh, theme one too. Yeah, steerless. Yeah. So maybe that one. Mm-hmm. um i there was one when i was looking through see we're both on the cows website yeah. um because we do a lot of research for this podcast <laughs> um this was a pretty serious thing for us but they have these t-shirts that make me think of tim strissel this is what tim strissel would buy they have one it's like the gucci logo <laughs> but it says moochie
0: you <laughs> and it has wrong? a cow okay <laughs> yeah because okay also before we started recording Vienna was like I have one in mind that like and I couldn't I was like I don't know which one it is but then just now I saw that one and right before you said that I was like this is definitely what she's gonna say because it fits his vibe so well because like he's so designer thing is, Wednesday he wouldn't
1: of- wear it though like that's the thing Brady <laughs>
0: Kachuk would buy that for him and he would yeah. not wear it
1: <laughs> Brady Kachuk
0: would buy it for him okay mine that i'm going to say for tenders that yours is better like yours wins but i'll still give mine even though it's irrelevant but basically they have um like hockey ones but because they i guess have limited stock they only have Connor McDavid and like Connor Bedard which is kind of funny so i think and i think they have Austin Matthews too but I think that Tim Stutza has stated multiple times how much he likes Connor McDavid. So I think, as a fanboy, he would get a Counter McDavid t shirt and try to impress <laughs> Leon Drysidel with it. That's what I think would happen. Fair enough and for brady
1: kachuk i think he would get this one it's christmas themed but it's themed around like the movie elf and it says don't be a cotton-headed ninny moogans and it's it's a cow dressed up as Buddy the elf and you know because brady kachuk is a, a huge will Ferrell fan i think he would wear that one but also we were saying before we started recording like brady kachuk would probably
0: wear literally anything that cows sells Mm -hmm. like it's really his vibe like he should really go because like I can see it because like like we said it's very much like middle school fashion or like elementary school fashion and you know what else is very much elementary school fashion is crocs so like this is just his look um for me I think he should get like I'm just like making recommendations of what he should get they have a barbie one that just says cows but it has like a cow as a barbie I think he's very much a barbie so like he should get that Mm -hmm. one
1: I think a lot of sense players could wear that one. I was gonna stress that one for Eric Brandstrom. But mm, oh, that's I, do have, good. I do have another one for Eric Brandstrom, actually. Wait, I gotta find it. Oh no. Oh yeah. Um this is just because it's Swedish he's Swedish, so maybe it's offensive. But there is one that's like it's like a bottle of absolute, like uh, the vodka, but it says absolute country of Sweden and then milk. Um <laughs> so he would wear that. Um oh, yeah. Or maybe Anton Forsberg, one of the Swedes.
0: Yeah. Also, yeah, I think I just have to agree with you on that. Like I can't suggest a better one for Erg Vandram or even have another suggestion. I really wish that there was are there any Irish people on the sense? Because they have one that's Kiss Mu I'm Irish. But I think I'll give that one to Zoob because of the iconic <laughs> Oh Zoob. Do you, do you remember that? You know how for, like, St. Patrick's Day, they just do O oh, oh, yeah. as a last name? And I think Ozub it's... is the funniest one I saw. I was like, that's so not a name. So I'll give him Kismu I <laughs> to play up with things that don't make sense. That's awesome. Um,
1: For Jacob Chickren, I would give him one that just says I heart cows because we know that he likes to eat raw cows. Raw mm-hmm. cow meat.
0: Yeah. I think... I don't know what I would give Thomas Shabbat. I think he, what is his vibe even? I just want to actually, I will give him Cow Cow Chanel. I don't know if like that's his vibe, but like that's mm-hmm. the one I like the best. So I'm going to give that to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't find a good one either. So that works for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're... they're, I think those are all the ones that stood out to me.
0: Yeah. They have like, Okay, obviously, like, if we're going to be truthful, like, they have an office one. So probably a lot of them would just be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'd take the office one. Yeah,
1: they have a lot of pop culture things where it's like, probably they like these things.
0: Yeah, like Star Wars or whatever. But we're trying to save them from themselves. We're trying to give them cooler Mm -hmm. ones.
1: Yeah, we need to give them shirts that really match their vibes. There's a
0: rainbow one that we could give to basically any of them.
1: (laughs) That's a great idea.
0: It's the official oh. gift to Thomas Shabbat from bisexuals. So
1: true. So true. Um, yeah, I'm trying. To, I don't I don't see
0: anything. Yeah, there's just particular. like, there's like Top Gun so and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, they'd probably like that. I don't know. In real life, they'd probably like the boring ones, but that's not fun. So we're going to pretend they don't. Oh, wait, no, I found one for Thomas Shabbat. Um,
1: there's one with a bottle of wine that says Mulo and it says love the wine you're with um (laughs) i i think that is thomas shabbat vibes he gives off like wine mom vibes sometimes you know he does and he's given several players like bottles of wine as like apology gifts for well there was at least one player i i I shouldn't say several i can't remember if there were other incidents but there was one was it connor brown where he like accidentally hit him with a puck in the face and then gave him a bottle of wine
0: wait but do you remember also when he was like really mad on the bench and he like swung his stick and it hit Travis Hamnick in the face. Did he give him a bottle of wine? Or I don't know. I can't remember. I I think I made
1: a joke about him giving him a bottle of wine. I don't know if that actually happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense though. (laughs) In my head, it did happen. Mm -hmm. There's also randomly like country music ones. So probably they'd like those ones.
1: Yeah, probably. I I think really hope that the Sends went to cows and got t-shirts I think these t-shirts all fit their vibes I wish they had like each bought a t-shirt and then they could just show up to the ring wearing them that would be so much yeah, fun
0: um, send social media do that next time just like buy them like force them to each buy a t-shirt that'd be so fun mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. or like with a Crock shop just send mm-hmm. Brady Kachuk into cows and be like
0: what would you buy for your teammates? It'd be so good. Because, like, these are, like, I I want to go now so bad.
1: I haven't been to Halifax since I graduated. I was thinking when the Suns went there, I was like, if they put out any kind of Halifax-themed promotional video, I will be a mess. Mm-hmm. I miss Halifax
0: so much. I gotta go back there. I've never been, like, to the Maritimes. The, like, farthest east I've been is, like, Quebec City or something. Like, you in Canada. Go,
1: you should go with I me.
0: should. I mean, but yeah, um, all just to say, I'm really jealous of anyone who ever had a cow's shirt because in elementary school, I thought that they were the coolest thing ever and I always wanted them and I thought that they were, f- I didn't know where they were from. I was so confused. Mm-hmm. I was like, where did everyone go? Do they sell these at the mall? And they don't.
1: Just at cow's. Yeah. So that's a little um, Canadian culture lesson. Mm <laughs> hmm. Shout out to the city of Halifax and the Maritimes in general. I know I'm associating cows with Halifax right now, but I know it is a PEI thing. I'm sorry if, if I'm appropriating PEI culture or something. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, anyways, so that's kind of it for like the SENS news, but we did want to touch briefly on the PWHL news um, because of course we made the very intelligent decision last episode to record the day before the PWHL mm-hmm. draft. Um, and the episode actually was up after the draft. So <laughs> we're really well organized and we planned things out really well. Um, most of my rage has faded. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I, it was a good time.
0: Obviously yeah. I was
1: mad at one mm-hmm. specific team, but how did you watch the, the draft
0: I was in class and then as soon as I left class I started obsessively refreshing my like Twitter to see like what was happening and it was nothing well it was good like the Ottawa PWHL team did well but the Boston one we're feuding
1: we are here's the thing with Boston first of all I was mad when they got the third overall pick because as many of you might know I have long been a huge Elena Mueller stand And I wanted her in Ottawa and I was mad when Boston got the third overall pick and got to draft her. And then if you read my draft previews, the player I wanted them to draft at number five was, I'm so sorry, in my head I was always pronouncing it Sophie Jacques. But on the broadcast they were pronouncing it like Jackis or something, which sounds so wrong to me (laughs) as a francophone. But I think it's Sophie Cechus. And if it's wrong, if I'm wrong, like, please tell me. Um, this was, like, very difficult for me to hear. <laughs> um, anyways, I really wanted this, wanted Ottawa to draft her fifth overall. And then they didn't. And, like, you know, the player they drafted is, was good. It's fine. And I was like, oh, the, they're going to draft her eighth overall in that case. And they didn't. But the thing is, before, I was like, they're going to draft Sophie Fifth overall, and then they're going to draft Jamie Lee Rattray with their next pick, right? Which was eighth overall. And then, so they didn't draft either of those two players with either number five or number eight. So after their second pick, like both players that I wanted were still on the board. And then Boston took Sophie Jackus. With their pick, and I was so mad because I was like, she should have been an Ottawa PWHL player for life. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you know, after Jamie Lee Rattray was not selected eighth overall, I was like, okay, like, she's gonna fall, like, you know, she's gonna get snatched up by another team, like, it's okay, I've accepted this. But then, then the third round rolls, it rolls around. And suddenly it's only, like, two more teams that need to pass on her. And it's like, oh, maybe she will fall to Ottawa. Maybe this is going to happen. And then, no, Boston has to take her two picks before Ottawa. I was fuming.
0: I was so mad. It was so sad because Jamie Lee Rattray, like, she is, like, hometown. Like, she is from Mm -hmm. Ottawa. So everyone was trying to manifest it so hard because we love our hometown players. And it was so sad to see everyone collectively be like, what the hell? Because there was opportunity, too. Like, it's understandable if, like, there's, like, you just, like, people just drafted her before you Mm -hmm. could, like, draft her. But it's like, there was so much opportunity. And we just didn't. All this to say, though, the auto-PWHL team still did good good players. So it's still good, but it's just like, ugh, that's so sad. Yeah, like,
1: it's good. They have a really, really solid defense. Like, they really focused on puck-moving defense, which again is why I wanted Sophie, because she's a good puck-moving defender, but... Whatever. I have to get over that. Um, and then, But yeah, they drafted a good defense. Uh, Daryl Watts was like a very interesting choice um, because for those who don't know, she was like a top NCAA player, like amazing. And then retired and then came out of retirement to play in the PHF and was like pretty good, but not amazing. But she was like a big name. Like everyone was so excited about her. Um, so I'm really excited to see how she does like, you know, play in the PWHL against with and against a bunch of Olympic players. That was fun. But then the real, like, exciting thing happens when the, like, training camp invites started to get announced. It's not official yet, but Ottawa is apparently doing very well because everyone wants to play in Ottawa, of course.
0: Yeah, so apparently, I think, yeah, so it's not a 100% confirmed, but apparently McKayla Grant-Mentis, was invited to Ottawa training camp, which I'm so excited about because she was, like, in the PHF and, like, I think the top, like, one of the top PHF players, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, she was the top scorer a few years ago.
0: Yeah, so, and a lot of people were saying that, like, obviously, like, not a ton of PHF players were taken, so it's, like, there's a real opportunity to just, like, stack your team, Mm -hmm. like, with training camp invites because, obviously, like, it's bad that, like, there seems to be, like, somewhat of a bias or whatever against them, mm-hmm. but Ottawa is using that to their advantage, kind of, so it's nice to see players get, like, training camp invites, especially to the team we are rooting for.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's so, the whole thing with Brent Menzies is so weird, like, she really is one of the top players in the PHF, and, like, to be fair, like, the competition in the PHF was not at the level of the Olympics, like, Especially with the national teams, like the development opportunities were just not as good. The the quality, like, level of play was not as high. So, like, it will be interesting to see how that transition works. And Michaela Grant Menz is just one of those players where I'm like, she's so talented. And really, if she was just given like a good opportunity to develop, like, she could be so good. So, I'm really excited about that. But then, yeah, there's just been a lot of weird stuff throughout her career. She, like, you know was only invited to Team Canada training camp once when like she probably deserved more than that and I, like it is baffling that she was passed over in the draft like she mm-hmm. literally was not even drafted I have no idea how and it sucks that we have to think about like not just bias against PHF players but also like if you didn't know she's also one of very few black players yeah. in women's hockey and it really makes you think like uh, how much of that is like racism mm-hmm.
0: I don't know it's yeah. Yeah, there were very, I think, like, people were mentioning, like, there were, like, a lot of, like, players of color that were just, like, undrafted. Mm -hmm. um, When, like, again, like, in, like, for example, like, Grant Mentis' case, like, she very much deserved to be drafted. Mm -hmm. So, that's not great. Hopefully, (laughs) they fix that, but. Yeah, sucks
1: to have that starting at your league. And it's, like, you know, there might have been other things we don't know. Like, maybe she did have a Compassionate Circumstances waiver or something. Like, we... We don't know what the exact reason is, but, like, it sucks that we have to think about that, right? Because it's still an issue in women's hockey. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And seeing seeing her not get drafted, and next player we're going to talk about also not get drafted, and then, like, Sophie Jackis as well was the only Black player drafted, and she went way later than she should have. It was just, I don't know. So, so yeah, there are, like, two Black players in the league right now, and then a few other, like, players of color who um, are not Black. But, yeah. Mm-hmm still yeah. sucks
0: <laughs> yeah not great very bad <laughs> people will always compare it to men's hockey and like obviously mm-hmm. men's hockey has like a ton of problems and like women's hockey is better at certain problems but it's like that is not to say at all that like women's hockey is perfect like there are still mm-hmm. so many issues especially like racism like uh again like women's hockey is extremely inaccessible because of like just mm-hmm. the cost associated and everything so like those mm-hmm. issues like still exist so, like I, like I don't know if a ton of people do this but like sometimes I feel like there's a tendency to just be like well women's hockey is perfect and like mm-hmm. no issues exist it's like yeah. they very much still are yeah so it sucks to
1: have that reminder I guess um mm-hmm.
0: yeah and I wish people
1: paid a bit more attention to that within the league and all of that because yeah like you said there really is a tendency to think like it's all good in women's hockey you know um Anyways, it is exciting that Michele grant Mantis is coming to Ottawa. Like, I do love her. She's an awesome player. And the other player that we're super excited about is Soroya Tinker, who, yeah, yeah also one of, like, a few Black players in the PHF and has been, like, a, like, vocal advocate um, for, like, social justice and, like, specifically anti-racism and stuff. Like, she's been one of the most prominent voices in the PHF for that. So she's just
0: a very likable player. Mm-hmm. It is very exciting because she is, like, very much a fan fave. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very nice to see, like, again, players wanting to come to Ottawa. I was like, mm-hmm. that's so awesome. I know that there was also a fan favorite invited to a training camp. Sadly, it was Toronto. But Carly Jackson yeah. did get a training camp invited yeah. to Toronto. which Too bad. If... I would
1: have liked her as a third strip goalie in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way... You can see this. Obviously, the listeners can't. I literally do have a Michaela Grant-Mentis Toronto Mm -hmm. 6 jersey, like, hanging up behind me. That's how much I love her. So, very exciting that, like, that jersey remains kind of relevant, even though the Toronto 6 don't exist anymore. And I'm obviously cheering for the Ottawa team now. Mm -hmm. I I have been a fan from day one. That's why I bought the jersey, because I was like, one day, she's going to be a celebrity. She's going to be on Team Canada. And I'm going to be able to say, I got her jersey from, like, her first, well, not her first pro team, but, you know.
0: From her her PHF days. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention. Obviously, like, we probably should have recorded right after the draft so that we could have talked about it more. But, like, there's been a ton of discussion about it now, so I don't know if we want to talk much more about it.
1: Yeah, I think Ottawa is
0: good. And they're going to win the Cup. I think Ottawa is the greatest team in existence right now.
1: Yep. And I mean... Nobody
0: can deny that, because games haven't been played. Yeah. Why, like, the Ottawa PWHL team has never lost a game. They have been undefeated thus far. Not enough people are talking about that. <laughs> Not enough people talk about how they're on pace to never lose a game ever.
1: You make an excellent point. Um. So anyways, that is all we have for our episode. The only other thing that I had written down here to mention is... Just a reminder, uh, if you are in the ottawa gatineau area and you speak French, uh, come to saint quien and Ilmer on October 11th at 5pm. I will be there to record a live podcast with La Brigade, and then we're going to have a party with <laughs> DJ Prosper, and we're going to watch the first Sens game of the season. It's not the home opener, it's the season opener. It's happening uh, against Carolina. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, so please uh, show up and say hi to me. I would love to talk to people who listen to this podcast. So yeah, um, that was the last thing I wanted to mention. Follow us on Twitter at or Blue Sky at Elite Sun's Brain, or I am at C Beata E. I am at Erickson's Burner can send us an ask on tumblr at elitesunsbrain.tumblr.com read silver seven and please subscribe we need more people to subscribe to silver seven so go to silver sons.com and give us money please we all we all hate asking for money so nobody is pushing it enough but like we
0: do need money um go sons go go Sims go Go auto pwhl team too That's bye, it. <laughs> bye.